here we go. We continue this journey together today. The movie we're going to look at is called Race, and it is a powerful movie about a great American hero by the name of Jesse Owens. He, came, he went on to become one of the greatest Olympians in American history. He is the son of a sharecropper, the grandson of a slave, and yet what God did through him and the work that he accomplished at the 1936 Games in Berlin's recorded history, again, one of the greatest Olympic moments. We're going to start with the first part of our movie, just kind of getting introduced to Jesse at an age where he's just trying to really understand this gift that he's been given to be a great athlete, to be a great runner, and him just kind of working through the process of developing and growing and seeking what's next for him in his life. Here's the first clip. Morning. Anybody see my shirt? Mama, you see my shirt? It's where you put it last. Anyone? No. I got your shirt right here. Hand it off. Here you go. Mm. Cut it out, Quincy. It's my only shirt. Oh, come on now. What's the matter? You too fancy for us now, college boy? Uh, what's that supposed to mean? I've always paid my way. You know I sell what I can. Bye, Mama. Mama, what are you doing? First boy of mine to go to college is gonna look respectful. You like it? Ma, we can't afford this. We try it on. Mama, it's Ohio State. It's not Sunday school. Thought I was gonna lose you at five years old. Now look at you. I knew when I cut that lump out of you, you were born for great things. God spared you for a reason. There. You look handsome. A man has to present an image to the world. You remember that, James Cleveland? Yes, Mom. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. Bye, Fine. Is Dad coming downstairs today? I hope so. He knows you're leaving. So long, Pop. Now, there's going to be for Jesse a lot of challenges along the way for this kind of development of his giftedness, his talents, his skills, and and that struggles are going to be apparent to us as we walk through some of these clips together, but. What we know for sure is that Jesse was understanding there was something in him that was 
different in his skills, and he also understood uh, that this is something he needed to be on mission to accomplish. He understood that he needed to, to get something done with this skill. And, and I think when you and I are going through life and we go through the trials of life and some of the difficulties of life that we face, if we don't know, like, specifically, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in life, this is my mission, this is the vision for my life, if we don't know that deep down inside, uh, we will miss, we will flounder, we will fall by the wayside, the worries and fears and brokenness of this world get us off track so easily, and I think that's why you and I individually, just like Jesse, developing a mission and a vision and a understanding a skill, talents for our own life, putting in action is so critical because without it, here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, or chapter 29 and verse 18, it says this, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. Where there's no vision in anything, where there's no vision in your life, dead things begin to develop. Where there's no vision in your life, things begin to dry up. Joy dries up. Fulfillment dries up. Relationships dry up. When you have a vision and a mission for your life that you know God is moving you towards and you dig into that, you can survive all of the chaos and difficulties of life, keep advancing along the way. And Jesse has got to really dig in to what it is he knows that he ought to be doing. Do you know a vision, mission for your life? Do you, do you know what it is you're supposed to be doing? Individuals, God wants us to have that. As a church, our church has a vision for reaching our community. Our statement about it is we're unleashing new purpose in every life through Jesus Christ. And we have gone through highs and lows here at our church. COVID happened a couple years ago and other things along the way, and yet we've continued to grow and we've continued to move forward. How have we done that? We've held firm to the vision that God gave us from the very beginning. And again, that plays out individually for you and I. There are some of you here in our time together. I believe God's gonna reveal to you that you have been operating on mission for him. And it's gonna be a confirmation time for you. Others of you, I think God's gonna stir and prompt your heart and say, hey, maybe, maybe this is something I've not paid attention to in my life and I need to dig into it a little bit more. What am I wired to do by God and for God? Some of you know it already, but you're on the sidelines. You're not developing that skill. You're not doing your part. Maybe God will stir you to get back in the race, get involved in the game and the, kingdom work that God has in store for all of us. Well, Jesse, as he's uh, growing up, he's recognizing his talent, but he's come to the place where he's ready to go off to college. And he had offers from all kinds of major universities all over the country. He chose to uh, go to a school, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called the Ohio State University, a very little itty bitty school in Ohio. No, it's not itty bitty. But he chose to go to Ohio State and there he's going to meet a coach who understands how to develop skill, but he's also gonna ask him some tough questions. Here's the next clip. Shut the door. Oh, you can sit down. Charlie Riley says you can run. Yes, sir. Yeah. Says you're a natural, best he's ever seen. 
Well, I guess. Me personally, I don't trust naturals. Because they think they don't have to work. I will say, you can run. Boy, oh boy, you can jump. <laughs> what I want to know is, can you win? And what I mean by that is, can you work? You should look a man in the eye when he's speaking to you. Can you work? I was picking 100 pounds of cotton a day at six years old. You ever pick cotton? The way it cuts you when you, when you get it off the bowl? Yes, sir, I can work. Coach Riley's a smart man. But I was watching out there today, I'll tell you this. Your start's no good, your rhythm's off, and your posture's lousy. But we can fix all that, that's easy. But if you want to win, it takes more than a pair of legs, all right? You win up here. And that's the part I don't know about you yet. I don't know if you got that. I ran 100 yards last year in Chicago in 9.4. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same as Wyckoff. It's a world record. Some kid come out of nowhere and snatch your record from you like that. But a gold medal, that's yours for life. Is that you? Mm -hmm. It's the US Olympic team, Paris Games 24. Go ahead, take a look. It's me on the right next to Charlie Paddock. You, you went to Paris in 24 with Charlie Paddock? No. Well, why not? You want to win a gold medal? Sure. You want to do it in Berlin? Well, I mean, unless you were planning on waiting. You know, I... I heard they don't care much for color folk over there. Well, they don't care for them much here in Columbus, either. Is that going to be a problem? No, sir. I just came here to run. Well, then, for the next 28 months, you're either in a classroom or you're on that track every hour, every day. And I don't care about your grades. I really don't. I don't care if your buddies have a keg they need help with. And I certainly don't care if you got a girl at home rolling down her silk stockings with that look in her eye. You belong to me. Do we have an understanding? Yes, sir. Good. All right, we'll go home, get some rest. 9 a.m. tomorrow, we'll see how good you really are. Jesse, why'd you come here? I mean, after the noise you made in Chicago, you could have gone anywhere you wanted. You know, maybe someplace a little more progressive. Yeah, well, Mr. Riley said you were the best. And Jesse wants to run, but his coach is bringing to attention some things like, hey, you need to know, you need to know there's more to this than just running. And he's going to work through that, that process with him. And He's, he's going to make him aware and remind him that there's great challenges along the way, as we're going to discover in just a moment as a part of this movie, as a part of the true story of Jesse Owens, and it's part of the true story of black Americans, 
that this was a time of great oppression and bigotry towards them. He's going to have to deal with all that as well. At the end of the day, whenever God puts something in you and your heart to accomplish in your life, there will be things that you need to be aware of that will take place along the way and some things you can't see and you can't predict. And, and so how do you become prepared and ready to proceed for the things of God with all the things going on around you. I put a few things in your notes. If you want to write these down, you're taking notes. Here's what I put in your notes. If you're going to do what God has made you to do, ultimately, you have to regularly, consistently dig into trusting God every moment and every opportunity in your life. Think of it like being tethered to God in the midst of storms, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of life. I'm still digging in, I'm digging in firmly, and I'm putting my trust in the things of the heavenly Father. I'll explain to you why this is important, but let's look at this scripture here that Paul gives us, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, this new way of living, this way of living in Christ Jesus, here's what we need to remember, we can never give up. You're on a journey with him and life gets messy. Hey, don't quit. Don't give up. We're continuing to trust him in the process. Another translation at the end of that text says, don't lose heart. What does that mean? That's a connection. That's a, a digging in of your faith. Man, digging in your faith. Stay connected into your faith if you're going to finish this race well. That's trusting in God and trusting him in the development of this process. This is a challenge, as we've talked about with life, I know for me. I, I, my, I have a life mission work, and it relates to the work of this church and this community. I wake up every day, I have a few-minute drive, come here to work when I, when I work here at the office or when I'm working here on the weekends doing what I'm doing now. A few-minute drive, I make my way here, and along that drive, along the way, I sink into the reminders that by God's grace, I get to do what I get to do. God's love for me, I sink into how much he, 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 how he sees me and cares for me personally. And I immerse myself in that trusting and that love that he has to offer me. Why do I do that? Because when I set about my day and go through the things of life, I understand there's going to be some highs and lows during the day. And I'm going to encounter some people that like me. And I'm going to encounter some people that don't. And I'm going to give some people some truth that they embrace, and I'm going to give others some truth that they don't want to hear. And I'm going to have people that, that, that show a love for me in God's grace, and I'm going to have others that put me through religiosity. If I don't do X, Y, and Z, they don't like me. So I'm going to go through all of that along the way. I need to know when I hit the ground running every day that I am immersed in that trust and that love with God. And you need that as well. Two great things that happen when you and I decide to immerse in that love that God has for us and trusting him. Number one, you are not tied to anybody else's opinion to know about your worth and your value because you already know how valuable you are. You're valuable to God. And so when people are hating, when people are oppressing, when people are doing things towards you in your life, you still know that you know that you know that God loves you. You're, you're connected in a powerful way. And I need to know that, that that love is rich and I'm immersing in it every day in my life because, well, because I don't always get it right and I fail and I make mistakes and I still need to get back up again because I got a race to run because I got something that God wants me to do and with his power and his grace, his strength, 
I'm able to keep getting back up again and finish what I'm supposed to be doing, and you need that as well. And so our first step on this journey is, hey, we got to dig into that, that trust in God and the mission that he's put inside of us, that love, that grace that he has for us. Now, Jesse is, uh, he's trying to run. He's trying to develop. He's try, he, he wants to accomplish something so important, but there is racial tension. And in this next clip, uh, we are going to see just a little sampling of some of the tension that history records that he faced. And, and also in this next clip, you're going to see that despite all of that tension, he's still trying to train and he's still trying to get better for Ohio State, but also to prepare for the Olympics. Here's the next part of the movie I wanted you to see. 10 seconds, okay? I want you to count that to yourself. 10 seconds, fellas. That's all you get to run the 100. 60 strides and every single one of them counts. There's no margin for error, all right? You could fall down in the 400, pick yourself up and still place, not here. Now, if you're overstriding, if your cadence is too slow, it can cost you a, a quarter of a second the whole race. Every fraction of every second counts, but it's your start that counts the most of all. I'm looking at you, Jesse. You come off the gun like you're slamming into a brick wall, and it pains me to watch it, okay? You gotta start low. You gotta glide into it like an airplane. Any of you fellas ever seen an airplane take off? The lower you are, the longer you stay there, the less resistance you get, the faster you are. It's that simple. Ready? Now we're gonna keep working on that over and over. You gotta stay low all the way through the hurdle, okay? Wow, the great Jesse Owens. Jesse, let's get back to basics. Why don't you swing from those bamboo poles over there, boy? Hey, Jesse, One more thing. Jesse, you want to tell me what was so interesting about the football team? I don't know, Coach. I just got distracted. Oh, you got distracted? See, that's what I'm talking about. You can't get distracted. You understand? Yeah, one sec, Coach. I'm not quite through yet. Sit down. Everybody sit down. Sit down. Larry. If you get your head turned by a few gorillas and warm-up pads here at home, Coach Schnapp. You're gonna be on our side. You understand? Do you? Do you? You gotta learn to block it all out. It's just noise. That's all this is. All this noise. You hear me? They will love you or they will hate you. Does not matter. Either way, when you're out there, you're on your own. Jesse. Jeffrey. Do you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, Coach, I hear you. Good. All right, come on, let's go. You heard Coach. They need the locker room. Right. Come on, move it. Go. Why you always have to complicate everything? Thanks for your patience, Coach. Locker room's all yours. Yeah. You know, I'm watching that, and I'm seeing a guy who just does want to develop this and grow and do something great. In his own university, people are talking to him the way that they're talking to him. and it, it, it's, it's pretty hard to watch. It, you're, you're seeing this happen and you look at it. I mean, how is it that, I mean, he's running for Ohio State and people at his own university are, are tearing him down. Judging him, not by the content of his character, 
but by the color of his skin. And it was hard to see that because, well, number one, these are people that go to the same university. Number two, he's trying to represent them and represent all of us Americans and do something great at the Olympics. Number three, bottom line, biggest part of all of it, he's a child of God. And he matters to God, and yet he's being torn down and treated in some kind of low-level way. I just want to take a side note here and just talk about what we do as Christians. I think it was so hard for me to see that because I know when Christ infiltrated my heart, I know how he caused me to see humanity. That love that infiltrated my heart caused me to say, man, every human being matters to God. And I'm not just talking about race. I'm talking about no matter where they came from. I'm, not talk I'm talking about no matter where, what they've gone through in their life, no matter what background, social, economic, everybody matters to God. And here at our church on the weekends, you're a part of what we do here on the weekends. You know what we do here on the weekends? 52 weeks a year here at New Walk, it's the Olympics. And we're trying to reach people, no matter what their background is, no matter where they came from, no matter what race they come from, because every single person matters to God. And God has a mission, God has a vision for their life, God has a purpose for their life, and we want everybody to know that. Here's what the Bible says. Acts chapter 17, Paul says this, that God's made them from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. We are all one race because we are all one blood and we all have one savior and it is the name of Jesus Christ. And what we do here on the weekends is push past all the noise and all the chaos of our culture and we say every one matters to God. And so I hope that as you're attending this church, you embrace that and you're good with that. Are you good with that? Because that's what Christians do. That's what Christians do. Now, Jesse, Jesse is seeing that he's got this talent. He's trying to develop it. You and I, we, we come to know Jesus Christ. Christ begins to reveal to us the things he's tried to show us all along, that we were wired and we were gifted for something great in our own life. And in Romans chapter 12, it says this about us as believers and what God wants to reveal to us. It says this, that in his grace, God has given us gifts for certain things to do certain things well. We, so if God has given us the ability to prophesy and speak out, uh, we ought to speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, you ought to serve them well. And if you're a teacher, teach well. And if your gift is to encourage others, be, be encouraging. It goes on. It says this. Uh, it says, if, you're, if, you're, if it's giving, then give generously. If God's given you this gift of leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Many of us have multiple of these gifts that God has given us. And if you're a believer in Christ, God has given us all the gift to serve in some way or another. We take what God has revealed to us about our own life. We start putting it into action. We start putting it into practice. And this is the next thing that I put in your notes. If you're following along, if you're going to do what God has made you to do, you have to start putting it into practice. You got to train and you got to prepare. You got to train and you got to prepare. We're training and preparing and doing our part every weekend here at church. Others of you have other opportunities during the week where you're utilizing the gifts that God 
has given you, but we're putting them into practice. And one of the most frustrating things for me as a pastor is to see people who know that gift, we talked about that earlier, know about that ability, that skill, that mission for their life, and are not putting it into practice. We train, we prepare, and Jesse, Jesse was training and preparing. He was doing his part to get ready for the Olympics, but he had work he was doing at his university, and people really opened their eyes to what Jesse was capable of. He went to a track meet at the University of Michigan where he competed, and in one afternoon, uh, he uh, broke three, and really in a span of about an hour, he broke three world records at that track meet and tied another one, which was also up for debate because many people thought he also won a set a world record in that fourth event as well. And so he's competing and winning, competing and winning. People are starting to see it. He's training and preparing, still trying to get better along the way, all on this mission and this journey to develop what God has put inside of him. Well, what we know is that during that time in Berlin, there was this bigotry and oppression towards the Jews, but also back home in America, this bigotry and oppression towards his own people in the black community, and he's facing pressure to even go to Berlin. Is he really going to use his skills to go to Berlin, or would it be better for him to kind of protest by staying home? And part of the pressure he's facing is from the black community saying, hey, you shouldn't even go to Berlin. You'd make a statement if you stayed back. And he's wrestling with the fact that, no, I think I can make a statement if I go, win some gold medals there, and stick it in the face of Hitler. And so as he's wrestling with this and all things going on, he's got to process it. Here's the next scene of some of these additional tensions and pressures he's facing. Evening. Jesse, this is Representative Davis of the Ohio State Legislature. He's here on behalf of the NAACP. The what? The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Oh, well, hello. This is my wife, Ruth. Hello. Hello, see. Our secretary, Mr. Walter White, has asked me to deliver this to you personally. With his best wishes. All right. What's this about? I want to congratulate you on your many recent successes. <laughs> I've been following them with a great and uh, particular interest. <laughs> As uh, all of us in our community have. Well, thank you. And um, the Olympic trials, are they coming up soon? Yes, sir. A little under five weeks. Well, no doubt you hope to qualify and take part. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, sir. Even under the Hitler regime? On behalf of Mr. White and his organization and the Negro community across America, I hope you don't go. This the Olympic Games. I, I mean, Je Jesse been training for this his whole life. Jesse, you're the best. You have a chance to strike a powerful blow. I know that it must sound hypocritical for any American to talk about racial bigotry in other countries, but 
That is the whole reason we must not go to these games. We've got a chance here to show our solidarity with the oppressed people of Germany. It's all a part of the same great hatred. We can make those in power aware of their moral obligation to fight against the wrongs that we Negroes suffer right here at home. You think it's gonna make a difference? He stays, they ain't gonna notice. He goes, he can come back with a drawer full of medals and they will hate him even worse than before. JC, you do what you want now, you understand me? Ain't gonna make no difference no how. You run Mr. Davis? Do I? Oh, uh, well, not that. <laughs> no. no. Figures. Cause you know, out there on that track, you're free of all this. The moment that gun go off, can't none stop you. Not color, not money, not fear, not even hate. There ain't no black and white. There's only fast and slow. For those 10 seconds, you are completely free. Now, here you come telling me I can't do it, that I'm letting down my race if I go. What's that supposed to do for me? God gave you a great gift, Mr. Owens. Maybe he can tell you what to do with it. What does she think of me if I don't go? You're her daddy. She gonna love you no matter what. What do you think? Don't put this on me, Jesse. I promise you a better life than what we have now. I mean, how else am I supposed to get it? I like our life just fine. Jesse? Say I go. What if I lose? You're the fastest man on the earth. Yeah, but you won't be there. My family won't be there. My coach won't even be there. Larry's not going. No. He tried, but they won't let him. I'm be there. All by myself. Whole world watching. But if I lose, If I lose, that mean those Nazis were right. Quit thinking so much, Jesse. It's not what you good at. You was put here to run. Don't listen to any of them. You listen to you. And you listen to your heart. All right? A lot of things coming at Jesse and a lot of tension, a lot of distraction. And 
Just like the man from the NAACP said, you've been given a gift and maybe God will tell you what you need to do. That's right. God will reveal to you and God will keep you focused if you seek him and trust him as we said and you're training and preparing. God will keep you in the right place and positioning to put you in the position of where you need to be to accomplish the things that he's put inside of you. And I put this in your notes. This is the third thing I wanted to share with you and that is this. If you're going to do what God has made you to do, you have to be willing to block out all the distractions. Because there is so much to accomplish and so many great things that God, God wants us to encounter as we journey with him. We block out the distractions. Here's what it says in Acts chapter, chapter 20. The apostle Paul says this about, about it. He says, I did not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. It's not about me, but look, if only I may finish my course, my race, and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. But God revealed to me personally about my life. I know there's going to be distractions and interruptions along the way, but I need to finish the race of the thing that God made me to do. Distractions will come, and if you let them take you off course, you won't finish the race well God has in store. Jesse. Jesse wants to race, and he wants to go to the Olympics. And of course, as history records, he does go to the Olympics, uh, 36 games, and he puts on quite a show, as I said earlier, winning four gold medals. But one of the greatest moments is he's going up against the German Carl Long, who was the great broad jump record holder. It was going to be a head-to-head matchup. Who's going to win in Berlin against a great German Jumper, that's a big part of the next scene. Here it is. And after a close run qualifying round, the great athlete Jesse Owens of the USA faces up against Lutz Long. Each competitor will have three attempts with his best score determining the winner. Long's first jump, the reigning European champion. It's a white flag. 7.54 meters. Owens. There's two a white flag. 7.74 meters. Long again. is up 7.87 meters it's a new European record Owens the white flag is up 7.94 Incredible! Owens has beaten the European record set only moments ago! Let's see what Long can produce to match it. Oh, it's a ball! 
attempt. But it means Owens has done it. He secured a second gold medal of the Games. It was a great match. Please, take your last jump. What's this? The competition is over. But the German long seems to share the interest of the crowd here in Berlin in seeing the best the amazing Owens has to offer. This is the true spirit of sportsmanship we're seeing here between these two athletes today. The white flag is up. Jesse Owens. You know, as much work he put forth there in Berlin to do what he did there, the sad truth is, is he came back home and very little had changed in America. Uh, uh, really not at all. And of course, in the coming years, we know things get worse in Germany. But he did his part and he did what he felt like God was, was telling him to do. I think it's important to remember that sometimes when we're doing the things that we feel like God wants us to do and we're hoping that things will change or will make an impact maybe in somebody else's life as we serve or use our talents and skills to help other people, sometimes we don't always see things go exactly the way that we want them to go. But it doesn't, again, it don't, we don't stop. We, we don't quit. We keep trusting God. We keep training and preparing. We keep, we keep dealing with the distractions along the way because at the end of the day, we know God chose us to do these things. We are his masterpiece and he has designed us to do great things for him. Remember, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's handiwork. Another translation, we are God's masterpiece. We were created for, created in Christ Jesus, to do for good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Long ago, he wanted us to accomplish what he set forth to us to accomplish. And though we don't see the progress in the moment that we're looking for, we keep doing it. And you're here today, and maybe what God's just calling you to do is keep, keep being a great mom. And that's the mission you are on, is to be a great mom. Things aren't going maybe the way you want right now, but you don't quit. You keep be a great dad, be a great husband, father. Maybe it's to go back to school and you know there's a long road. God's put something in your heart you want to go back and study for. Or maybe it's a new career opportunity or, or, or maybe, uh, maybe it's, it's something you want to invent or whatever it may be. You say, I know this is important for my life and it could be a difference-making thing for people around me. And I'm going to seek out and I'm going to get it done no matter what's taking place. Our guy Jesse does that. And as I mentioned, he comes back home and things really still haven't changed. Before he leaves Berlin, 
there's a photographer, video, uh, a filmmaker there that wants to film all the things that he did and capture it so that history can continue to know all the things that he did while he was there. You'll see that in the opening of the next clip, and then, and then you'll see as he returns home back to America what he's faced with. Here it is. Would you mind one more? Last time, I promise. For sure, but hey, isn't that cheating? Cheating? Yeah. I'm just saying it's not the actual jump I made. You did make that jump. We all saw it. You made history out there. All I'm doing is making sure years from now, those people who weren't there can see it too. So they never forget what you did. One more? Please. All right. One more. Danke, Sorry, sir, but your friends will have to use the service entrance. Are you kidding me? Do you know who this is? Yes, sir. I mean, they're holding the dinner for him. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, Mr. Owens, sir, oh, but okay. those are the rules. Yeah? How about you go inside and get your boss or someone that can hey. actually help us coach, out? Coach, coach, huh? coach. It's all right. Go ahead. I'll meet you in there. Um, would you mind? Sure. 
Thank you. comes back home and now the White House doesn't recognize him. He can't even go through the main entrance to his own party. And yet, we know that he was a part of, right, where we stand today, he was a part of making a difference. And whether, whether it was for the black community and for America, whether it was people like Jesse Owens or Jackie Robinson or Rosa Parks or Martin Luther King, they were all a part of this journey of making a difference for generations to come. And back to you and I. And we do our part, even though it may seem small, insignificant, or maybe we didn't even think we made a difference. When we do our part, we're a part of something joining together to make a difference for generations to come when we're using our gifts and our skills for the things of God and for his glory. Some of you, you serve here on the weekends and you're trying to use your skills, your talents, or during the week for the work of the kingdom, our community, and the church, and you want to be a difference maker. And sometimes maybe you feel like you're not making a difference and you show up and you do your part. And then and maybe, maybe it takes weeks, months, years, but maybe just maybe a guy that you used to say hello to or help here at the church, he comes to know Jesus Christ and and maybe you saw it or maybe you didn't, but then, then he leads his, helps lead his wife to Jesus Christ and his children and then his grandchildren become believers and great-grandchildren. And you didn't see it. You maybe didn't even know what happened, but you did your part. You saw the development of that happen along the way or, or at least you can be assured that God still had his hand in it along the way, whether you saw it or not. Are you using the skills that God has given you right now? Are you using them to make a difference in people's lives? The work of the church allows us a place to always ensure that we are utilizing the skills God has given us to help our community. When you decide to serve here at the work of this ministry, you're making a difference day to day whether you see it or not. I mentioned earlier, every weekend here is like the Olympics. We got skills to showcase. We're trying to help our community. I put a little card on every seat this weekend when you came in. I asked them, to, I said, put that there because we got some folks that God's going to stir and prompt and say, you know what? I, I'm not. The Bible tells us as believers to be connected to the body and to do our part, but you're, you're just not. Would you be willing to say, I'm ready to showcase the talent that God has given me or just learn, develop it and grow in it. Take that card that's on your seat there if you're not currently serving. 
there's a place on the back of the card that shows all the areas of, of need or interest that we have here at our church. And as our church continues to grow, we'll obviously be desiring to have more and more people there uh, to fill those gaps and to do their part along the way. Uh, take that card. Maybe there's an area of interest. You can circle it. Maybe you're just not sure yet. You can fill it out. Uh, contact information, drop it in the buckets when the buckets pass in just a few minutes, and we will get in touch with you this week and say, hey, here, here's some ideas. Here, and maybe you already know, and you can, you can tell us. Drop that card in the bucket. Take that faith step and say, man, I'm going to put away all the distractions, and right now, there's all kinds of reasons why you could say, no, I'm not going to do that. You can put those distractions aside and say, I am going to start utilizing the skills and the mission God has put inside of me. And as we finish out our time together, I hope God is prompting you, challenging you, convincing you that what maybe you're doing already is making a huge difference. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. You're revealing a confidence to some who are already getting this right and figuring, using their skills for you, God, making a difference, and maybe they don't even see it. But God, maybe today is just a reassurance, Lord, that you are doing a big work in them and through them as they follow through. Others here in our time together, maybe you once did this, but you got all kinds of distractions and things going on. Maybe you're going to recommit. You'll fill out that card and say, man, I'm be back involved. Uh, perhaps some of you are here today and mission, God vision, God talent, it seems far from you to even know what, what that is. And the Bible says that God wants to reveal all of that to you, but you must first have a relationship with him. And the way that you come into relationship with God is to be forgiven of your sin. Bend a knee to him in your heart and say, God, you are Lord of my life and I accept the gift of your one and only son, Jesus Christ, who went to the cross died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven so that I might know life with my creator and eternal life as well. God, I'm ready today. Begin that journey. All you do is say, God, I'm, I submit to you, bend the knee to you. I accept the gift of Jesus Christ. Right where you're seated. Forgive me of my sin. I'm ready to move forward and learn more about who you are, about who I am. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.